It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. We were discouraged with all the negativity in the world and decided to focus on finding some good out there. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast with me, Teresa. And me, Amy. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. I know, Mother's Day. What did you I know. do? Got to go to my mom's, oh, fun. which was so nice. And everybody brought their own takeout. Which oh, that's cute. Was, yes, it that's was very fun. fun. And then uh, we celebrated a lot of birthdays because a lot of spring birthdays in my family, which meant a lot of desserts. My mom oh, ended yeah. up like four or five different things from Costco. So oh, fun. I probably gained five pounds in that one day, but wow. Yay, Mother's Day. I know. It was fun. My mother-in-law's visiting from Mexico. So oh, that's fun having her. Nice. Because um, we, haven't, we haven't seen her since COVID, so yeah. it's nice having her. I had a lady tell me today that she hasn't been hugged in forever. Aww. I'm like, COVID has just it's been, been hard for robbing us so, all. Yeah, I'm glad she's here. Yay. I heard about this neat local story right here in Portland, Oregon. You find local ones, which is so I'm a local girl. Sorry. I'm so bad at interrupting. No, that's fine. No. So earlier this spring, Industry, it's a branding agency here in Portland, teamed up with Dornbecker Children's Hospital for the Amino Project. It's a collaboration between industry design team and indigenous uh, Chicano yeah. artist, Tikpati. Mm-hmm. The team worked together to make 3D printed hand-painted amino toys inspired by Dornbecker patients, which is so awesome. Industry's design team met with four Dornbecker patients over a course of several sessions to create these unique aminos inspired by alabrijes. Alabrijes are brightly colored Mexican folk art kind of sculptures uh-huh. of these fantastical creatures. The first abrijes originated in Mexico City by artist Pedro Linares. Linares often speaks of a time in 1943 when he was really sick and he was bedridden and unconscious and he dreamt about these animals that are, you know, half donkey with butterfly wings, <laughs> roosters with bullhorns. Have you ever seen them? They're no. they're like wooden little sculptures and they're like huh. kind of like little dots. Oh, And then they're, like, brightly colored. I love bright colors. Um, And so he heard one of them shouting, alabrijes, alabrijes. And so then he coined that word, Mm. alabrijes, for these um, little creatures. And he went on to create them out of wood. I wonder if he was having, like, a fever. Oh, yeah, like a fever. He was sick. But Ryan and I, on our trips to Mexico, have bought, like, knockoffs of Mm -hmm. these. So, but... The idea of the project came uh, came about by the uh, industry co-founder, Mariel Middleton. In 2012, a little over a year after she co-founded industry, she and her husband lost their baby girl just a few days after she was born. Uh, she said, you know, they realized that illness and loss are painfully taboo today. But many indigenous cultures recognize these moments, often openly, you know, kind of using art to share their story. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, I just so love. I yeah. And so the concept of this project represents both that challenging experiences children face during serious illness and then just the miracle of modern medicine that mm-hmm. we have and is employed at uh, Dornbecker. So industry design uh, team printed 3D models inspired by these alabrijes, the children's from their children's drawings. The sculptures were really cute. 
one of the patients, Avery, created a purple cat. Quincy created a two-headed dragon. Anna Lee created this panda with wings. And Keon created a leopard with a tail shark. It's they're really oh, cool. fun. Yes. Uh, and then the co-founder, Mariel, made a hummingbird in honor of her daughter. Industries Amino um, were digitally rendered and then pr- 3D printed, which is so cool. And then the local artist, Tipaki, painted each one by hand, giving it a unique design. Wow. And it also resonated with him, this, you know, this project. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is these creations were raffled off. There was like a $5 entry. This was earlier in May, and you could put $5 in and get put in an entry to possibly win them. Mm-hmm. But all the money went back to Dornbecker's medical programs, which is just so awesome, you know. They do a lot of good they stuff. They do so much there. good yeah. stuff. And it what a neat way for these children to tell their stories. And be a part of And be a something part of something so cool. like that. Yeah. A few weeks back, you texted me the cover of this book, Out of the Dark, My Journey Through the Shadows to Find God's Joy by Mandisa, asking if I wanted to read it for our podcast with your cute preface, <laughs> no pressure in all caps. Yes. <laughs> I have a problem with overcommitting to library books. Oh, and no. so I had checked out that book and I was so excited, but then I had other things. So yes. Honestly, I, I was <laughs> grateful because I didn't know who I was going to research next. And See, I, I have the opposite problem. Yeah, I you have, have too time. many people to choose and yeah. But so I this worked out. Yeah, it worked out great. I love, you know, Mendisa's, you know, Christian upbeat songs, her soulful anthems. I've heard over the years on the radio. I didn't know her story, and after reading her book, it was just what I needed to hear right now. It is a transformative story of her battle with food, how she became a Christian artist, and her faith. Mandisa, as she said in this book, she's a Cali girl, raised in Citrus Heights outside of Sacramento. Mm. Pretty average upbringing, as she puts it. Her parents divorced when she was two, and she went to live with her mom. And her brother went. Her brother John went to live with her father and That's stepmom. So I know people that do that. It's like Over they separate the body. kids. I don't yeah, understand no. No. why they do that. But people, I've heard about this before. Yeah. The divorce was painful, and Mandisa felt rejected by her dad. This was the beginning of feeling not good enough. And in her child mind, she thought, you know, he chose not to be with her. Which was not the case. No, it's just in her in her mind. Yeah, Yeah. Mendisa's mom worked, so she learned at a young age of coming home, flopping in front of the TV with a big bag of chips. Food and TV were her friends, and thus began her battle with food. It was a way of escaping the fat jokes that she overheard at school. And this is really sweet. She also loved singing Whitney Houston soundtrack in front of the bathroom mirror, pretending to be at a sold-out arena. Oh, that's awesome. When she was 10, her dad and stepmom moved to Texas, and this pulled Mendisa into a deeper depression. She relied on food to comfort her emotional pain, and overeating became a habit for every type of feeling. Mendisa, which means sweet in the language of Kosa of the South African people, um, she was tired of people making fun of her. They often mm. called her Medusa. That's awful. I know. And so... Kids are mean. Yeah, kids are totally mean. What Man- a great name, though, that it means sweet. I know. So she ended up changing her name to Candy, which she kept oh. all the way through high still school. Sweet. It's still sweet. Yeah. yeah. Not the same. Not, I, yeah. yeah. But God wasn't a part of her life. She went to church briefly with her dad, and she didn't have a personal relationship with God. Growing up in Sacramento, she talked like a valley girl. Mendisa was, yeah, Mendisa was one of only a few black students to attend her high school, so she didn't feel like she fit in until her sophomore year, and she really blossomed. She found her people, 
in the choir. Even though she was only one of two black students in her choir, she found wow. the, the choir geeks. Mm-hmm. Mindy says choir director, Mr. Robinson, really helped her expand her knowledge of music and improve her vocal performance. So much so, she made it to the California All-State Honor Choir and was a soloist wow. in the final concert that year. Plus, she was on drill team. Uh, she even though Do they she, still have drill team nowadays. I don't know. My hmm. my good friend Donna was on the drill team, but I yeah. Hmm. Even though she said she didn't feel like she looked the part, it brought her joy. Um, and I just love that she used that word joy, you know. Mm-hmm. But one day while doing her routine, she fell to the ground, and a group of students laughing, saying the ground shook when oh she fell. Gosh. I mean, kids are just so awful. That same year, she read "Stranger in a Stranger's Land" by Robert A. Um, Heinlein. Um, I've never heard of that. I haven't either. But it's a classic science fiction novel. Interestingly, it's also a classic Messiah story. So Mandisa felt that that was where she first kind of became curious about Mm -hmm. God. This next part is not for little ears. When Mandisa was 16, her best friend's neighbor raped her. And she thought the boy was cute and had enjoyed kissing him, but she certainly didn't want to have sex. And even though she said no... The whole time, he kept telling her, you're, you're so pretty, you're so pretty. This horrific event for Mendisa, and it taught her, in her mind, it taught her to associate beauty with danger. Mm-hmm. She felt like her beauty had caused the violation, plus played with her food issues. Mm-hmm. So she packed on more weight to protect herself from that ever happening Which again. Which is very common. Yeah. They don't want to be pretty. They don't want to be attractive. They right. don't want to be desired. So, Yeah. Um, in December that year, her mom's co-worker invited them to the Singing Tree production at her chur- at their church. Mendisa was fixated on the production, the music, the story of Jesus' life from birth to death to resurrection. She was in awe. At the end of the performance, a pastor prayed with the audience, asking them to close their eyes and bow their heads. He asked them to pray silently. And Mendisa prayed about the guilt and shame she'd been carrying around about her body, about the rape. She felt the Holy Spirit talking to her, burning in her heart. Though she'd heard Jesus' story before, she felt like she heard it with new ears and understood that Jesus wanted to come into her life and free her from shame and guilt. Then the pastor asked if anyone had been praying uh, to ask Jesus into their heart to raise their hand. And Mendisa raised her hand. She was nervous about what her mom would think. And then the pastor asked those who raised their hand to come down and get more information. And I thought this was so sweet. She's like, her, her chest tightened. She went down to the pastor, and Mendisa said, there's something important about taking a public stand for Jesus. Now, why was she nervous about what her mom thought? I think she, because it, her mom didn't go to church, mm-hmm. and I think she was just, you know, she's a young person worried mm-hmm. what, that, what her mom would think. So afterwards, her, her mom didn't say anything and just kind of recognized, let, her do, let her do, yeah, that she was on her own spiritual journey. She talks about being a new believer, that it didn't change her life overnight, and that she didn't attend church for another two years until she could drive herself. After high school, she enrolled in American River Junior College to study vocal performance. She let go of the nickname Candy, went back to her given name, Mandisa. I I know. Again, she found her people in the choir, in the jazz choirs. Uh, she also started going to a predominantly black church. She really longed to connect with her African-American mm-hmm. roots. After two years, she decided to attend Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. I guess her guidance counselor had suggested it because it's the home of prestigious 
Fisk Jubilee Singers. Hmm. And I thought this was really interesting. Fisk opened in 1866, shortly after the end of the Civil War, and it was the first university in America to provide liberal arts education to young men and women, irrespective of color. Hmm. And so, I've never heard of it. I've never yeah. heard of that Fisk Jubilee Singers either. Yeah, I hadn't either, but... Nashville, I guess, is a lot different than California, and it's socially conservative. And uh, um, I guess the, the church attendance is higher than the national average. It's like, oh, a, yeah, really, yeah. Although at times, you know, Mindy felt like she wanted to head back to California. She stayed and eventually thrived. She became involved in Bible study fellowship, where she felt like her faith just exploded. One of her BSF leaders would sit and patiently answer all her questions. She attended Greater Grace Temple Community Church, where she met Briannis Mitchell, the pastor, and his wife, Keisha, First Lady. I guess they call the pastor's wife the First Lady down in the South. I'm, hmm. I'm unfamiliar with that, but it's kind of fun. Keisha had a beautiful voice and would sing in front of the congregation. The Bible came alive during sermons, and as she called it, a praise party, where there's a lot of clapping, dancing, and shouting. You know, I love that. I Me love too. That just, just the joy. Very, yeah. The joy. Exactly. Keisha and Mendisa were definitely soul sisters. After she graduated from Fisk, Mendisa went to work at Lifeway. The cool thing, Mendisa saw Lifeway on the back of one of her Bible studies, <laughs> and, and then she realized it was right there in Nashville. So it's kind of cool. Shortly after working there, she got involved with the employee choir. And while performing at a three-day uh, spring revival, Mendisa met Travis Cottrell, who is the worship leader for Living Proof Live Conferences, part of Beth Moore's mm-hmm. Bible ministry. Soon she became part of their worship team. Mendisa talked about how Beth had a huge impact on her faith, and she just made you know learning about the Bible so infectious. I just love how reading about how she describes God working in her life. So guess what happens next? She in, she auditions for um, season five of uh, American Idol. I have no idea. Yeah, well, I don't watch American. Well, Idol, I used to so. watch it then, and, and I I mean I kind I kind of remember her. I mean this was early on. I had no idea that yeah. she was on American Idol. Yeah, she chose Aretha Franklin's "Rock Steady" for her audition. Uh, her Chicago audition was awesome. She earned praise from Paula O'Doul. With a whoo, you have Simon rocking. She got the yos and the dogs from Randy Jackson. She was relieved to hear Simon Caldwell say, terrific, everything I hope you'd be. And, of course, she got the golden ticket to Hollywood. She had That's two, a big thing. It's a huge thing. Yeah. And she had two months before she had to head back for the infamous Hollywood week. See, even me that doesn't watch yeah. knows that the golden ticket's a big it's thing. A huge, yeah, it's a big thing. What was super hard, she had signed an agreement to, you know, forbade her from telling mm-hmm. anybody about her experience. Mandisa prayed that others would see the Lord through her. She put together a few spiritual survival kits to give away to fellow contestants. What? I love her heart. She's sweet. She puts in this, like, devotional pocket-sized Bible with some other goodies just to <laughs> hand out. She's, you know, discipling. Mm-hmm. She found three young women contestants when she got off the, the airplane at the airport. And uh, one one of them even cried when she received it. Mendisa made it through the grueling Hollywood week. Back home, she watched with friends the American Idol premiere and realized that after she left the room for her audition in Chicago, Simon said something pretty hate, pretty, pretty horrible. He said, do we have a bigger stage this year? Referring to her size. And I just love how Mendisa handled this. She prayed with her friends 
asking God to give her a forgiving, forgiving spirit towards Simon. So back in Hollywood, after a performance, she walked down, the, they call it the Green Mile, the, is the contestant's joke. It's just this long green carpet to where the judge's room. And she broke the ice by saying they didn't need a bigger stage, but they could have gotten her a bigger chair. The judges laughed. and So the, she took the high road. She took the high yeah. road. And then Mandisa told Simon, yes, you hurt me. And I cried. It was painful. It really was. And she paused. And then she said, I want you to know I have forgiven you and that you don't need someone to apologize in order to forgive them. I Randy said, amen. <laughs> and then Simon said, Mandisa, I'm humbled. Come here. And he gave her a hug. Hmm. Mandisa made it to the top 10 contestants. During this time, she had been just constantly in prayer, and she thought that the Lord had revealed that she was going to be in the number three spot. She wanted to show her faith by wearing a jersey with the words Galatians 5.1. The verse says, It is for the freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. She picked one of her favorite psalms, Mary Mary's Shackles, Praise You, the psalm proclaims uh, freedom in Christ. The producers at the last minute like, said she couldn't wear the jersey. and kind of threw her for a loop. But she, as she said, the show must go on. Before she sang, she said, this song goes out to everybody who wants to be free. She went on to say, your addiction, lifestyle situation may be big, but God is bigger. When the song ended, the audience went crazy. And she lifted up her hands in applause to the Lord. The judges were less enthusiastic about it. Randy shook his head. Simon said that her choice was indulgent, which he uses that word all the time because mm-hmm. I used to watch it all the time. It's just so typical. But when he doesn't like it, he yeah, says it's, it's indulgent. It's okay. indulgent. Mendisa was devastated and felt maybe God had changed his mind. The summer after American Idol, it's interesting. I know she oh. and she got to tour with them that summer okay. because she made the top ten. Mm-hmm. And that's where she met some gospel labels. Uh, So in 2007, she produced her first album, True Beauty. The title of that song, she's just really declaring her size doesn't dictate her value. God cares about what's on the inside. She went on to release Freedom. She got stronger as a performer in her faith. She she started taking better care of herself. And she started touring, so she hired a musical director, Bernard Harris, and her dear friend from from Greater Grace Temple Community Church, Keisha Mitchell, to be one of her backup singers, along with Laura and Michelle. It sounds like these ladies just had so much fun on Mm -hmm. the road. Really, really cute stories. And Mendisa, again, experienced some setbacks and struggled again with her weight. She asked her friends this time to help her be accountable. She got a trainer, and um, she prayed about, you know, being free of her uh, addiction to food. So hard. I know. So she hard. And she talks about this, like that she'd see the hot now sign on the Krispy Kreme, and that was like serious warfare. Mm-hmm. And you're going to love Does that mean they're fresh? Yeah, they're okay. fresh or they're hot. And you're going to love this. She really got into Zumba. <laughs> <laughs> and she started oh, incorporating awesome. the dance moves into her tour, which is kind of fun. That's so cute. Um, and then she decided to do a lose 100 pounds, calling it her journey to 100. So she was public about this, and she had videos on her website where she where she shared her struggles, also sessions with her trainer where they chose some examples of cardio, Mm -hmm. circuit training, intervals. I mean, she met her goal. She's probably she felt like healthiest uh, in 2013. I'm gonna have to go look those up. Yeah, you know how I love it. Yeah, it might be some new 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 things. Get some ideas. 
But at that same year that she was the healthiest, she got you know bad news from her dear friend Keisha. She found out she was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer, and on top of that, Keisha was also pregnant. Now, so Keisha she, was one of her backup singers, singers. like friends. Okay, yeah, no. and, and she, she opted because she was pregnant. She opted for the most least aggressive treatments. Mm-hmm. Amandisa prayed and believed, you know, Keisha would beat cancer. She even wrote a song, Overcomer, in honor of Keisha. And I have to say that this is the reason I know about Mandisa is that my friend Shelly sent me that song when I had breast cancer, the Overcomer song. Yeah. So I played it all the time in class. They even have like a seven-minute version of it. Oh, wow. And the thing I love about that song is it, it like speaks to so many people. Right. It, it spoke to me at the time, and that's why my friend shared it with me with the breast cancer, but... Yeah. So many things that we experience that I I think that song is perfect for. Right. It resonates. Yeah. For those that aren't familiar, the song gave hope that God's help would prevail over, you know, hard circumstances. On the night of the release concert, she called Keisha up on stage. Keisha had stopped performing since her diagnosis. Um, Mendisa told her that she wrote the song as a way to encourage her through her fight and that they were raising $25,000 to help cover her medical bills. Over the next 10 months, Keisha gave birth to a beautiful baby boy named Briannis. And then also just the struggle of the cancer took its toll. And three weeks prior to Keisha's death, Mandisa visited her bedside. Keisha told Mandisa to keep praying and believing in miracles. Then on Sunday, June 29th, 2014, uh, Keisha lost her battle. And Mandisa was just beyond devastated. She had to continue touring singing that Overcomer Mm. song, which was just a piercing in her heart. It was unbearable. Mandisa felt numb. And in Mandisa's mind, you know, Keisha wasn't supposed to die. She was an overcomer. Mandisa felt like God didn't live up to his end of the bargain. She was angry, and she felt betrayed, which which we all can relate to in in different places in our lives. And it's hard because, you know, often instead of digging into our faith, we retreat. Mm -hmm. And this began a very dark and dangerous time for Mandisa. She completely withdrew from God, from friends. After touring, she kept herself literally in the dark with blackout curtains, keeping her apartment like a cave, eating, watching TV, not answering. She had a lot of friends reaching out, not mm-hmm. answering their concerned calls or texts. Which, when you're depressed, that's, that's what you exactly do. What, what you, you do. do. Yeah. And she, at one point, even contemplated suicide. Aww. Fortunately, something moved her one day, and she decided to get out of, the, out of her apartment. And she went to go see a movie. She went to see War Room. It's a Christian movie. And she said after she watched it, she couldn't handle it. It was just so, had such a happy ending. Mm. So she had so to watch. Like a, it was a Hallmark movie. Yeah, she had to saying. watch okay. something else to kind of, because she was, you know, she, 
even though the movie was good, she just felt like it was too sweet. Then she watched something else. And then when she came out of the theater and walked back to her car, she noticed her, her car was covered in yellow post-its with, we love you, we miss Aww. you, come back to us. Her friend, they had plenty of time with yeah, two movies. Yeah, they, weren't expe- they thought she was only going to be in there for one movie. <laughs> Her friends got out of their cars. One of them organized this intervention, mm. which I just love. What a beautiful way to show yes, up. Yes. I guess they'd driven around looking for, for her car. How small is this town? I they don't know. Find her car. Well, I think they knew she was going to see a movie, yeah, okay. so they probably just went okay. to a couple theaters. But I guess Medisa was angry mm. <laughs> at first. But then she came around, and she, she got some professional help with a Christian counselor to help her with her struggles with her faith, with the loss of Keisha, mm. and then her food addiction. So two years since Keisha's death, um, Mendisa had gained uh, 200 pounds. Wow. And she so re- ga- she gained 200, 200 pounds. 200 pounds. Okay, not weighing 200 pounds. Yeah. Gained okay. 200 pounds. And so she realized, you know, it was all kind of tied to shame, mm-hmm. her issues with food. Yeah. And that shame was also keeping her from a closer relationship with God. So And with people. And with people, just- yeah. So a new path, she answered texts, she kept in touch with friends, and began changing these some of these harmful behaviors Kind of going with the post-it idea, she'd put post-its around her house to remind her God was with her. She enjoyed time reading the Bible. She got back into a devotional plan, back to church, because she had stopped going to church, mm-hmm. stopped reading the Bible. I mean, she had just when withdrew. You're depressed, you yeah. Just retreat. Yeah. Retreat, exactly. Uh, she came to the painful terms, and this is this has been really meaningful for me because I think this is really a hard one, but she came to terms with a good God allowing bad things to happen to those he loved. She yeah. realized that God was compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, Psalms 103.8. And painful circumstances in her life didn't make that untrue, which mm-hmm. I think is so hard in in our in faith. Yeah. But she also, I love this part, Mendisa also realized Keisha did overcome in that she knew where she was going. She overcame through the blood of the Lamb, her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. She came. She overcame by her testimony. Mm-hmm. I love how Mendisa said Keisha was living her best life with Jesus right now. Mm-hmm. And as she became stronger in her faith, she broke free from her unhealthy behaviors. And she's gone on to do this. Is you know 2014. So she's done gone on to do tons of more inspiring worship music. One of my favorites is um, "We All Believe the Same." I just love the title right there. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. But she wrote it because she was saddened by racial injustice in the country. Mm-hmm. Was, she put that out in 2017 when Good there was all her. those, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of protest. Pain. Yeah, Pain. yeah. We all Mandisa continues to provide hope to others who might be struggling through her songs. During COVID, she kept busy doing YouTube streaming mornings with Mandisa. She shared things that God was teaching her. She sang, she danced, sometimes inviting her friends, which is so cute. Yeah, Zumba. Zumba. This book was an awesome story of how God broke into her life when she was 16 and just changed everything. I loved 
her openness to talk about some really painful experiences yeah. and and her struggles with faith. Being I love truthful and, and being truthful about it. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's real. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and not enough of us are. And I love how she disciples through her music, her fun videos, and even in this book by sharing these experiences. And she, giving those little packets away. In the packets away. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of each chapter, she has a getting real section. Mm-hmm. So she's inviting the reader to kind of do some soul searching. Mm-hmm. It really touched my heart and gave me a new perspective on my own faith journey. I, I love her music and her message of hope. She truly is a light in this dark world. We totally need, you know, right now. Absolutely. I I always love hope. Me too. He started something good, and he's going to complete it. So I'll celebrate the truth. His work in me ain't through. I'm just unfinished. Mandisa. Amy's probably already heard of this because Jenna Bush Hager, the co-host of Today's Show, awarded this award to this woman. Heather Boone received the Humankind Person of the Year Award by USA Today. She's picked over 600 people, 600 nominees. Oh, wow. So when accepting the award from Jenna Bush, uh, she was quick to note that she had a lot of help from neighbors and friends, which I I love her humble heart. Yeah. Uh, Heather Boone had moved from Detroit to Michigan, and she started this little project, or as some refer to it as Miracle on E Street. She convinced the Detroit... Archdiocese to sell the historic St. Joseph Catholic Church for under the asking price. Hmm. There she created Oaks Village, starting with the Learning Center, but also including a nonprofit grocery store, clothing closet, soup kitchen, as Aww. well as free childcare and medical care. I oh know. my gosh. So That's no awesome. wonder she won the award. Yeah. Heather Boone is also the pastor of Oaks Righteousness. This is a volunteer position. She doesn't get paid to be the pastor. Wow. So this woman is just amazing. When she decided to create this community, she and her husband slept in the shelter for two years. So oh they, they bought the church. Yeah. They slept in the shelter because all their money went into the project. That was nine years ago, and it's only growing. They've housed about 500 people, and they hope to add on to the project with tiny houses for families that are without homes. And they want to add a barber and beauty shop to the Oaks Village oh, community. So I just so cool. love that. Then I also, my mother-in-law sent me this story with two teens out of Bend, oh, Oregon. cool. Which, you know, yeah. in our neighborhood, kind of. It's local. <laughs> it's in Oregon. But they recently set out Uganda to give out feminine hygiene products, clean well, water, oh, yeah. you'll love. That's awesome. Soccer balls and other toys for children in the region. Sam is 16. His brother, Logan Forrester, he's 14, along with their mother, Shannon, have been planning this trip for a year and a half. Aww. The family visited Uganda on a church mission a few years ago, and they were shocked to see firsthand the need. Just yeah. they don't have any resources. The trio each have their own focus when they go on this trip. Sam plans to attend Yale as a transfer student. He'll graduate high school with his associate's degree uh, in chemistry from COCC, which is Central Oregon Community College, through a dual program at Oregon Family School. Okay, very which is cool. cool. Yeah. He's focusing on water. Oh, and yay. has a GoFundMe page to help fund his project. He's written a research paper on the history behind the lack of clean water, why it's still a problem, and the cultural as well as political obstacles that remain, you know, why it's still hard for them to get clean water. 
something as basic as clean water would prevent many diseases. And he said, and really the impact of water, the ability to have water, the ability to use clean water, especially in rural villages, it just means so much to them. Yeah. So his heart is in water. His brother, Logan, is focusing on bringing joy. Oh, I feel like that. That's so to cool. To the kids in Uganda. He's bringing over 400 beanie babies. Oh. 50 soccer balls, 12 volleyballs, some basketball nets. I don't know if you can get beanie babies anymore. That's cool. <laughs> but my mom used to collect those for the grandkids. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing when I read this, but apparently oh, you can. Yeah, probably. They had basketball nets as well as donated soccer cleats and shin guards. Shannon, the mom, will be conducting feminine hygiene talks and giving out 200-period underwear kits sewn by Bend and Medford chapter of the organization called Days for Girls. Apparently, without adequate feminine hygiene products, these girls, they stay home from school, so they miss a substantial amount of school each and every month. So these these kits make a huge difference. The families headed to Karumo to visit an orphanage called Restoration Gateway, where they've been working to fund an orphanage home. So far, they have $18,500 of their $35,000 goal. Four of the Ugandan orphans are joining them to share their personal success stories. It's just amazing to me. Simple things like water, toys, and personal feminine hygiene products. Are making such a huge difference in the world, but obviously right. they are, and from these, you know, teenagers. That's in, so awesome in Oregon. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. Hebrews eleven one. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.